0: Hello, this is Peggy Joyce-Ruth. Welcome to our podcast and hope you enjoy this teaching. We're going to be looking into controlling the mind. Now I'm amazed at how little we hear about how to control the mind God's waste. I'm wanting us to talk about this because it's so vitally necessary to have a victorious life. Now the mind has been a major object of attention in the 20th century. Think you can see that? You can just look around and you see what an object of attention it is. But every century has had its own version of worshiping the mind. If you'll think back, even in Paul's day, when he went to Athens, they had all these people standing around philosophizing, and they were discussing all these deep subjects. So this is not anything new, and that's not surprising because this is Satan's plan to get us to worship our intellect. That's what he's wanting. So my objective for this Bible study is for us not to be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. We're going to be looking at three categories of approach to the mind and the control that's involved in each one of these three categories. Now today we're gonna be looking number one at the world's approach to the mind, the world at large. Because see, the world's saying develop your mind, develop your intellect, and when you do, then you can be in control of your world because knowledge is power. So the first category is self-controlled a mind that's being controlled by self. That's the world's approach. And then, also today, we're going to be looking at the satanic world's approach to the mind. Now, I've never studied much into the cults, and I've never talked about that very much, but I wanted us to take a brief look at the New Age movement simply because it is so prevalent in our world today. It has really infiltrated. It's coming in bigger than most people realize. So that's the second category, and it's the satanically controlled mind. We're going to look at the third category, the way that God intended us to control our mind. And basically what God's saying, he's saying, wake up, children. It's not your world that you're wanting to control. It's your mind that you need to control so that it can be renewed over to the Word of God, so that it can be a tool to be used. So the third category now is the Holy Spirit-controlled mind. Now our focus or our objective for these two sessions is to learn how to be able to operate in this third category, God's approach to the mind. Now the reason that I'm taking the time for us to look into these first two categories is because you're going to be faced with all three approaches to the mind. We're gonna be faced with that. But mainly, as we're out in the world, we're going to be faced with these first two many times. And they can both sound right. If we're not really understanding what the Word of God has to say, they can sound right on. And we don't want to be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. We do not want to be deceived. The Bible tells us over and over, do not be deceived. So first of all, I want us to look at the world's approach to the mind, the world at large. Now we know that there are strong spirits of intellectualism behind the strong emphasis that's being placed on the mind. We know that. When the world puts such a strong emphasis on the mind, there are satanic spirits behind it, spirits of intellectualism. Now the world's answer to practically everything is increase your knowledge. You know, the world is searching for more and more knowledge constantly. And the world says, if you're frustrated, go back to college, take a few more courses. If you can't get a job, go back to school. Now I'm not against education. I'm not against going and furthering our education and getting what we need to get the job that we need, as long as getting an education is not an end in itself. See, if it's just so that we can go back to school so we can be a little smarter than we were or a little smarter than someone else, if that's an end in itself, then it's not going to bring good fruit. Now, I can't help but think of what Jean said several years ago. She said that she had studied psychology for years and years, then she had practiced psychology for another eight years, all during that time she was under psychotherapy, only to discover that when it was over with that she was in far worse shape than she was before she started. She said that the reason she didn't recognize it is because she really hadn't left God out. She said that she had just put God in the back seat. She had her intellect in the front seat, her reasoning in the front seat. She said she never ran to God to see what it was that He wanted her to do. She was constantly looking to her knowledge, trying to see what it was that she could reason out her logic. Now, we try to figure everything out with her head. I've looked at The biggest downfall I think that I have to run into is the fact that when something comes up, my immediate impulse is to start reasoning it out, start trying to think, now, what should I do? And God's wanting us to come to the place where we say, Lord, I'm running to you first. And then the Lord will show us, he'll direct our paths. But I thought, you know, we need to ask ourselves, who has steered us toward all of this mind reasoning? Because we know that the Bible says, lean not to your own understanding." Well, the Bible plainly teaches us that it's the enemy. It's the enemy that's gotten us into all of this mind reasoning. He's gotten us to the point where we're not trusting God first. We're running to our intellect first. Now, there's nothing wrong with gaining knowledge. But it's just that that can't be an end in itself. That cannot be the first place that we run. Now, Satan very subtly tries to get us to figure everything out with our mind, to just think it through. There's been so many times that I've thought, you know, if I can just think this through one more time, I'm going to come up with the right answer. And we have a tendency to just want to think it through, reason it through, get all of the facts and reason it through one more time. You know, that's where every cult on the face of this earth has come from. It's come out of the mind of man. It was an idea that Satan put in some man's mind, and it started from there. The cult of Scientology continues through the decades as man has continued to try to figure God out with his mind. You know, since the fall of man, that's what we've tried to do. We've tried to figure God out with our mind. But the mind cannot contact God. We need to say that over and over until we realize it. Our mind cannot contact God. We can't contact God with our mind. See, God's not a mind. God is a spirit. And one of the greatest heresies in our day is the heresy of Mary Baker Eddy, Christian science. And, you know, I have thought so many times, so many people think that that's Christian because it's called Christian science. But just because it's called Christian science doesn't make it Christian. See, Mary Baker Eddy said, God is universal mind. Well, that's not true. She said the blood in her veins is just as good as the blood in Jesus Christ's veins. Just the same. She taught that Jesus was a man who had Christ's spirit. Well, if you're not thinking about it, that can sound okay. But see, Jesus was not a man filled with Christ's spirit. Jesus was fully God, he emptied himself, came to earth in the form of man, and took on the form of man. But he was fully God and fully man. He wasn't just a man who took on the form of God. And there's a big difference. Now later you can look at 1 John 4, 2, but it tells us how we're to try the Spirit in the end days. Now Christian science says if we can ever get our thinking straight... If we can get our thinking going in the right direction, everything's going to be okay and we're going to be able to do whatever we need to do. They say if you get your mind straight, you can be absolutely pure. If you can just get it right up in your head. They said if you can get your mind going in the right direction, you have the willpower to become great. But what that is, it's a religion of the mind. It's a religion of the will where we will to do these things. This is in the soulish realm, and the fruit of it is self-righteousness. Now, the mind is not evil. It's neither good nor evil. It's what we do with it. See, education is good when we realize that the mind is not an end in itself. It's just a tool that as we submit it to God, and submit it to our spirit man, which is in contact with God, then it's a tool to be used in the kingdom of God. It's a tool to be used to give us a quality life. Now, the mind is a part of the soulish realm. We're three parts. We're a spirit man. We have a soulish realm. We live in a body. And our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. So the mind is a part of that soulish realm and it's supposed to function in subjection, in submission to our spirit man. Now the mind was never created to rule over our spirit man. Our spirit man was created to rule over and control the mind. We need to treat our mind and emotions like children and make a mind. One day I was just sitting there and I felt like the Lord began to show me, how would I treat a child if a child was unruly? If that child was trying to run the household, what would I do? I knew immediately we're supposed to discipline that child. If we don't, it's going to be total chaos. Have you ever been in a family where the children ran the home and they were in control of everything? It was. It was total chaos. And so children at times have to be disciplined so that they mind. Or that family is headed for destruction. Well, it's the same thing when our children, when our mind and our emotions, they are children at times, when they're trying to call all the shots and be in control. Have you ever seen someone that is controlled by their emotions? And they use their emotions to control everybody in the family? Okay, it's an unruly, unhealthy situation. It's the same thing when someone is doing everything just by their mind, by their intellect. Now, your will has been given the responsibility of really being the parent. You know, sometimes we don't realize that. We think, well, the spirit means the parent. But your will has the final say. So it's our will that's going to choose, going to decide which direction we're going to go. And our will needs to tell our children, needs to tell our mind and our emotions. We will be led by the spirit. We will be led by the spirit of God. See, the spirit man takes responsibility after it's been given permission. Basically, what happens, our spirit man just kind of sits there until we allow that spirit man, until with our will, we give the spirit man permission to take charge. Now, I want you to look at Romans 8, verse 6. This is a good scripture to commit to memory, because sometimes if we have these scriptures down inside of us, right at the time we need them, they're going to come up. And so in Romans 8, verse 6, it tells us that the mind set on the flesh is death. Some of your translations will say the flesh mind, the flesh of the mind. Okay, the mind that's set on the flesh, if you've got an amplified, it'll say set on reasoning and logic. Okay, so the mind set on just reasoning and logic, that's death, but the mind set on the spirit. In other words, the mind that's centered in on the spirit, the mind that's controlled by the spirit, The mind that's in submission to the Spirit is life and peace. Not just life, but life and peace. Well, what's the world looking for? The world is just desperately looking for peace. Everybody's saying we need peace, I just want peace. Okay, no wonder we haven't found it because the world has not centered in and put its attention on the spirit. The world has centered in and put its attention on the mind rather than making the mind center in and put its attention on the spirit. And Romans 8 verse 6 says that the mind set on the spirit, that's what brings us life and that's what brings us peace. Now later you can look up Romans 12 verse 2, but it tells us not to be conformed to this world, or this world's way of thinking. The world reasons, the world tries to figure things out. The world tries to do it with their intellect. It says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Okay, put down Titus 3:5 because it tells us that our mind is renewed by the washing of the water of the word. By washing our mind, by bathing our mind with the Word of God. Now, we take a bath every day to wash the dirt off of our body. But we need to daily wash our mind with the Word of God. As we read the Word, it literally washes our mind. It bathes our mind, and it bathes away all of the worldly thinking. And that's what we're needing to do, bathe that worldly thinking away. That's so important. We need to remind ourselves that Satan cannot create anything. He can only pervert. All he can do is pervert that which God has created. Now, Satan is pushing the emphasis on the mind for a reason. He takes a truth of God. He can't create, but he can take a truth of God. And he twists it just a little bit so that it still sounds right. But to twist it just a little bit in an attempt to keep us away from the real truth that could free us, that could bring us life and peace. You know, the world is talking about common sense, and common sense is good. The world talks about logic and reasoning. The world talks about business sense. The world talks about achievement programs. God helps those that help themselves. The world's talking about all these motivational programs and the I can programs, and they sound good, but they can deceive even the elect if they're an end in themselves. See, common sense is good. I can remember telling our children, you need common sense. If you don't have some common sense, and that is good. But if that's all they have, then they're never going to be able to go on and get everything that God would have them to have because God's wanting us to depend on the spirit of man. Yes, common sense is good, but even our common sense needs to be submitted to our spirit man. You know, I sat through an ICANN seminar. It was a motivational program. It was a seminar that they were holding in Dallas at a large church. And I was just taking notes just as fast as I could take notes. I was so excited. And when I got out of there, I was on fire. I thought, boy, I can turn the world upside down. And I was excited because it never crossed my mind that there was anything wrong because it was being held in a church. As I read back through my notes, I nearly dropped my notebook. I looked at what I had written and it was totally stressing, I can. There was nothing there, I can through Christ. It was, I can do it. If I determine in my heart, I can do it. I thought, you know, that sounds so right, but it's just off just a little bit because that I can has to be, I can through Christ Jesus. I can do anything that God calls me to do through Christ. See, that whole program was stressing, I can, and that was an almost true statement. But see, it was taking it away from the truth of God's Word, perverted just a little bit. And that's what he does. He perverts it just a little bit so that he can keep us seeking after him if we're not really in tune, if we're not discerning by the Spirit. Now, we can't contact God with our mind. The mind is a tool. It's a very wonderful tool that God created, but it was never created to control us or to control our world or to contact God. That's not what the mind's for. You know, the mind's like a fire. A fire can be a wonderful productive tool or it can be a very destructive force. You know, and the same way with the mind. It can be a wonderfully productive tool, the tool that God's created, or it can be a very destructive force. The mind is a computer capable of only housing those thoughts that we put into it or that we allow someone or something else to put into it. And it's going to be either productive or it's going to be destructive based on what we put into it. When we see it as anything more than just a wonderful, priceless computer that God has created and created to assist us in working in the kingdom, if we see it as anything more than that, then there's going to be a certain amount of mind idolatry involved. The very ones who have intellectualism up on a pedestal, they would absolutely be up in arms at the thought of their ever bowing down to worship some computer made out of nuts and bolts and metal, and yet they are indeed bowing down and they're worshiping a computer when they're worshiping their intellect, when that's the most important thing, and when they're putting it up on a pedestal. Now, I'm really calling it intellectualism, but actually the correct term is secularism. Secularism is a term used to describe people who do not rely on God or do not rely on any religion, but rather they rely on the intellect. When I looked it up in the dictionary. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of people in America that rely not on God, but they rely on their intellect. The young society in Japan, practically all of them rely totally on their intellect. When you go over to Israel now, you find that the younger generation of Jews, most of them are denying the beliefs and, and the uh religious structure of their forefathers, and most of them are falling into this category of secularism and it's sad we the the God that we had in Israel, you know I mean he he had no religion he he was a Jew, he had been born a Jew, but he had he didn't know God, and he readily said that he didn't. He loved his country, and uh, he was very zealous for his country, but it was all the mind, the intellect, Israel, you know, Israel was what he was after. But he was headed for everything just with his mind. Even a Christian can fall into secularism when we come to a place where we're not relying on God, but we're relying just on our reasoning. And that's why he tells us over in Proverbs, lean not to your own understanding, but trust God, and he will direct your path. Now secularism is infiltrating our churches, it's infiltrating our schools. See, it's not just out there in the world, or it'd be fine, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about it that much. But it has moved over into our schools, it's moved over into our churches. It's moved over even into our Christian colleges. So many of the Christian colleges now, they have, uh, a lot of their professors are not even Christians. A lot of the professors are, are intellectual people who have all these degrees, and so they need them to uh, for the academic part of their college. And they've moved away from being led by the Spirit to being led by the intellect. And the sad part is that there's going to be many people who attend church, that are in secularism, and they're gonna miss heaven by 12 inches. You know, the difference between the head and the heart, because they're trying to contact God with their intellect. Some of them have never had a born-again experience, and they try to reason it out. And there's others that have had a born-again experience, and they'll pray, but they never expect an answer, because the moment that something comes up, they run to their reasoning. They run to decide to figure out what they need to do. Now, remember, secularism just describes a person who doesn't rely on God, but relies on their reasoning, their own ability to figure it out. Now, that approach with the mind can sound sophisticated, and it can sound so professional, but it's deadly, and it's contrary to God's way. Okay, that's the first category of approach to the mind, the self-controlled Constantly gathering knowledge so that the mind can guide. Okay, the second category is the satanic world's approach to the mind. And there are thousands of people, and I'm not just talking about young people. People from every profession, every social class, from the rich to the very poor, people from every walk of life are being affected by by the satanic world's approach to the mind. And many of them are being affected without even realizing they're being affected because Satan uses a very soulish approach. And when I was studying into this, I realized so many times they're not talking about all these deep, dark, evil things of the enemy. It's a soulish approach. And that's why people are deceived. I don't know how many of you have read Watchman Nee's book But it's talking about one phase of this soul power, and it's called the latent power of the soul. L-A-T-E-N-T, the latent power of the soul. Well, today it's called silver Mind Control. And you're familiar with a lot of the terminology, hypnosis, levitation, hexes, ESP, Uh mental telepathy, psychic healing, yoga meditation, that's big, and it's getting bigger every day, mediums. Okay, these are terms that we're familiar with. We've heard these terms. The New Age Movement. Even the New Age Movement has infiltrated our nation and our schools. And even though we're familiar with the terminology, we still know relatively very little about the New Age Movement. And see, their terminology sounds very spiritual. It's a mind religion, and it contacts the satanic spiritual realm. And it helps us to have a key or to know the secret. You might want to write this down, but Satan cannot contact the spirit of a Christian. And it helps us to realize Satan cannot contact the spirit of a Christian. But what he does, he contacts our mind, the mind of a Christian, in an attempt to get the Christian to open his spirit up to the enemy. But God, on the other hand, he contacts the Christian spirit in an attempt to get that Christian to open his mind up to God to be renewed by the word of God. Now, we can't contact God with our mind. We can't contact him intellectually. We contact God with our spirit man. And then he, in turn, will renew our mind so that we can submit and subject our mind to the spirit which is already in contact with God. See, all contact with God is done through the Spirit. But then once our mind is renewed, then that's when it submits to the Spirit. And that's when the godly ideas, that's when our mind then is so renewed to the Word of God that all these things that we've Put into our mind the the scriptures, the, the promises of God, the way that we need to walk. Those are the things that began coming up through our mind when our mind is renewed. And that's what God intends us to do. That's how he intends us to use our mind and submit it to be used in the kingdom. Now, Satan has always tried to come through the back door. I'm going to give you some facts about the New Age movement that I really think every Christian needs to know. But the New Age movement uses a lot of Christian-sounding terms, like spiritual, they use the term atonement, they'll even use the term Christ. So it's no wonder that a lot of Christians are tricked into thinking that some of these New Age ideas are okay. See, in the New Age movement, spiritual doesn't mean what we think it means. It means getting in touch with one's own divine self. It's talking about getting in touch with self. See, it's not talking about submitting to the Deity that lives within us. See, they're talking about the God within, but they're not referring to Christ living in us. They're not referring to the Holy Spirit living within us. It's referring to our own self power, which they say has the potential of transforming oneself and one's society into peace and love and light. That's a direct quote. So see how spiritual that sounds? See how good that sounds to transform things into peace and love and light, who wouldn't want that? You know, the Unity Church, there are so many innocent teenagers that are being pulled into the Unity Church, and all it is is the New Age Movement. Shirley MacLaine, the movie star, she was evangelist for the New Age Movement, and she held higher self seminars, and that's what they were called, higher self seminars. And I'm going to read you a direct quote This was the creed. She said, I know that I exist, therefore I am. I know the God source exists. Okay, God source, not God. Therefore it is, not he is, but it is. And since I'm a part of that source, I am that I am. And that's a direct quote from the creed. Now God never used that phrase, I am that I am, to describe us. He used that phrase to describe himself. And instead of recognizing the distinction between God and his creation, the New Agers are just asserting that all is one, you know. In other words, the whole philosophy revolves around the cosmic it that's supposed to be on the inside of every person. And so, therefore, every person is the same, and they can all commune together. Instead of worshiping Jesus as the Christ, the New Agers recognize him as just one of the religious leaders among many. And they do recognize him and they refer to him often and that's caused a lot of people to get off. Now instead of a new birth experience, they substitute, they believe in this experience and they even will refer to it as bringing new life into them. But instead of a new birth experience, they're substituting a mind-altering experience through yoga, meditation, through different things like that. And this is supposed to bring them in contact with the God that's in the world and the God that's within them, the self-God. Years ago, when I first started doing some research into this, I knocked on this girl's door and I knew she was there, and so I thought that she just wasn't hearing me, so I continued to knock. Well, finally, when she opened the door, she was angry. She was really angry. And she said, I was in meditation, and she said, I was almost in contact with the spirit world, and when you knocked, it distracted me. And it just grieved my heart, because she was claiming to be a Christian, and she had no idea that she was reaching out to the wrong spirit world. She was reaching out to the spirit world, all right, but it was the wrong one. Okay, that kind of meditation is a perversion. We're supposed to meditate. God tells us to meditate the word day and night. He tells us to meditate on him, and we're supposed to do that, but it's easy to contact God. There's no mental manipulation involved. See, everything of the enemy, it's a mental manipulation, where with God, we're contacting him with our spirit man. Now, the New Age movement claims that our problem is not sin. See, sin is actually not recognized in the New Age movement. They say that our problem is just ignorance of our true inner potential, that we have this potential that we haven't tapped into. They believe that the potential is there within each one of us to heal ourselves through controlling the mind. They believe that the potential is there within each one of us to transform ourselves, and they readily teach that. And I've talked with different ones of them personally, and they'll say, you're just not letting your mind control enough. You're not taking advantage of what's been made available to you. Now, these are normal-looking people, but they're in willful sin, but it's out of ignorance. It's a faith in mind power, but it's a substitute for faith in God's power. Now, atonement in the New Age movement refers to the idea that we are already in union with God. And the reason they say that we're already in union with God, because they're saying it in the sense of being equal, because of the fact that we're supposed to have this God on the inside of us. So their atonement is something different, rather than it's being our reconciliation with God through the blood of Jesus. But it's just close enough that it can sound right if a person's not discerning, if a person's not yielding themselves to the Holy Spirit. Now, no wonder it sounds right to people when they're not grounded in the Word of God because it is telling them all these wonderful things that they can have happen to themselves if they'll just yield this God within them, if they'll just yield. And it's kind of like a smorgasbord laid out of all these spiritual substitutes. And you can pick and choose, and it all sounds good on the surface. Now, the New Age movement is very spiritual, but it's concerned with the wrong spirits. Now, remember, we come in contact with God through our spirit man. We come in contact with the satanic spiritual realm through the mind. And that's how you can know the difference. Now, with the satanic kingdom, the mind is the primary focus. With God's kingdom, the mind is wonderful, but it's a tool made effective and made useful after it's been renewed by the Word, after it's been washed and purified by the Word of God and brought in submission to the Word. After you studied the scriptures and after you've been memorized and everything, have you ever been just going along and you someone would come up and they would have a need? And all of a sudden, you just had all of these wonderful things from the Word of God that just came pouring out of you to them, and you knew a lot of that was coming through your mind. Okay, that's because your mind has been renewed to the Word of God. It's been washed by the Word. So your mind is in in subjection to the Spirit, and as the Holy Spirit is speaking to your spirit man, it's just automatically your mind has been washed. It's been cleansed by the Word, and that's just flowing through your mind and flowing out to them. There's nothing more wonderful than our spirit man and our soulish realm working together for the kingdom. But we have to understand God's way and not slip over into Satan's perversion. And Satan would try to get us to slip over. Now, none of this is new. We find in the Old Testament that the very first king of Israel, Saul, he he sought the advice of a medium. You know, when Paul took the gospel to Ephesus, you know, if you'll remember, the new converts, they burned 50,000 pieces of silver worth of books on witchcraft, you know, and you think, oh my goodness, you know. But so none of this is new. 300 years ago, a man named Pascal wrote this, and I'm going to read it to you. He was coming against the New Age philosophy. He just didn't call it New Age because it wasn't called that then. But he said, it's vain, O men, that you seek within yourself the remedy to your troubles, all of your light can only reach the knowledge that not in and of yourself will you find any truth or any good. So see, he had the new age movement back then that he was trying to come against it. He was trying to, to refute it with a word. So the satanic approach to the mind now, it's not new. The new age movement is not new. It's only a new name with new terminology that sounds more spiritual that's prone to deceive more than any time in the past. So, what is the answer? Well, the answer is in the third category, the third approach to the mind. The answer is in how God tells us to approach the mind. God's word is telling us that you control your mind. Don't let your mind control you. You control your mind and allow it to be what God intended it to be. Now, what we're gonna be sharing next week, I think you're gonna find can be so beneficial. And the reason that I wanted us to just look at the world's approach to the mind and the satanic approach to the mind is because you will be faced with that at some point. And I wanted us to see that so that we're not deceived by it. Because God's way, God's way is going to bring true light, true life. And that's what's going to bring us to the place where we're truly useful in the kingdom and that's what it's all about he's trying to bring us to the place where we can accomplish what God's called us to accomplish in the kingdom and father I thank you that you've given us the privilege to be partners with you in the kingdom oh father I'm so grateful for that lord you could have done it all by yourself you could have let your angels do it all but father you blessed us by allowing us to be partners with you Now, Father, the desire of our heart is we want to do it your way. We don't want to do it according to our reasoning, according to our logic. Father, we thank you for the mind. We thank you that it is a wonderful tool. But, Father, I thank you that it only reaches the potential that you want it to reach when we submit it to you and do it your way. So, Father, I thank you that we are going to learn how to control our mind according to your word. Thank you for listening. Please share this teaching with anyone you think it would minister to. If you would like to listen to more in-depth teachings, please sign up for our Psalm 91 family at PeggyJoyceRuth.org.